Another end of the week as Friday crashes down all around us, materializing into the form of December 11th, 2020. This is the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newsletter and Newscast for today, and I'm your host, Sean Tubbs. On today's show, Governor Ralph Northam announces a curfew from midnight to five and lowers the social gathering limits to 10 people or fewer. Charlottesville City Council amends its COVID ordinance, and Charlottesville Police Chief Rochelle Brackney calls out the Unitarian Universalist Church during a press conference. Do you still have some holiday shopping to do? Today's Patreon-fueled shout-out asks you to check out a curated gift guide from local Charlottesville Black-owned businesses. You can see the link in the newsletter. On the list, you'll find beauty supplies from such places as Flourish Essential Oils from Afton, to clothing from Vintage Vinegar Hill. Check out the Black-Owned Business Guide for more. The post-Thanksgiving surge of COVID-19 cases in Virginia continues, with 3,395 new cases reported today, slightly down from the seven-day average of 3,865. The seven-day average for positive PCR tests also declined slightly to 10.8%, down from 11%. In the Blue Ridge Health District, there are 44 new cases reported today. Governor Ralph Northam addressed Virginia on Thursday and stated the current situation. Case numbers have been rising for weeks. They are now at record high levels. They are higher now than they ever have been during this entire pandemic. In many parts of the country, intensive care units are at capacity. There are no more ICU beds. Mercifully, that's not the case in most of Virginia, and that's a good thing. But hospitalizations in the ICU have been rising since early November, and capacity is becoming a problem in southwest Virginia and could soon become an issue here in central Virginia. In response, Northam announced restrictions that will go into effect on Monday, such as the lowering of the gathering limit to 10 people or fewer. There will also be a modified stay-at-home order to keep people home between midnight and 5 a.m. More on that in a minute. First, Northam wanted to hit hard with the message that the pandemic is straining healthcare facilities. In most Virginia hospitals, the biggest problem is right now is staffing. The nurses and doctors are literally exhausted. They've been working around the clock for months. Okay, so I guess where to start. Um, To illustrate the issue, Northam played a long clip from Emily, a nurse at Ballad Health in southwest Virginia, who said at the beginning of the pandemic, people stayed at home and cooperated to stop the transmission of COVID-19. We were trying to stop the spread of it. Everybody knew how dangerous it was. They supported us. They felt like we felt like they were behind us. And now I guess they're tired of it. I guess people are tired of being alone or in their homes um, and want to get out and be social again. And Emily works with COVID patients in the intensive care unit and said that the fight against the virus is getting worse. We're losing more than we're keeping. I put an ungodly amount of people in body bags that uh, that I wasn't prepared to do, that I wasn't prepared to give up on a patient, but there was nothing else we could do, and we lost them. There's been days that I have 
lost two patients, did their care and got them moved out to the funeral homes and had to take two right back that were equally as sick. Emily said so many of the people she's treated contracted the virus at a ball game, a birthday party, or a family gathering. She's not seen her own family for some time. I'm giving these patients my all. I've sat with them. I've held their hand as they died because family couldn't be here. And it starts to hurt. And if you could just stop one case by wearing a mask or staying home when you didn't have to go out, it would help us so much. In response, Northam announced a curfew. Starting at 12.01 a.m. Monday morning, Virginia will go into a modified stay-at-home order. Every day starting at midnight and lasting through 5 a.m., unless you are commuting to or from work, you are asked to stay at home. Northam called the curfew a reminder that people should be staying at home. Another item in Executive Order 72 is the restriction of gatherings to no more than 10 people. It was 25 before Thanksgiving, but cases went up, so we have taken that action. Northam said the new restrictions last through January 31st, but that will all depend on compliance with the new regulations. If the virus starts to come under control, we may be able to loosen up. But if not, we may have to take further action. Northam did not take any action related to public or private schools, saying those were decisions best left to local jurisdictions. Earlier this week, Albemarle County Public Schools announced they would revert back to all virtual instruction until at least January 11th. Northam's latest press conference was on the first day of Hanukkah and 15 days before Christmas. He urged faith leaders across the Commonwealth to set an example. Worship with a mask on is still worship. Worship outside or worship online is still worship. I can't remind Virginians enough how serious this virus is. And as I call on our faith leaders to set the example, I also hope that our local leaders across the Commonwealth will do the same. Many already have. We have seen so many people who didn't fully realize how dangerous this disease was until they experienced it themselves. To illustrate the point, Northam told the story of the mayor of Hillsville, who had thought the pandemic was a hoax before contracting the disease himself. You can read that story on the website of WSLS 10 in Roanoke. The Charlottesville City Council talked about Northam's new restrictions during a long discussion about whether the city should repeal a COVID ordinance adopted in late July that was more strict than state rules. At the time, Virginia allowed gatherings up to 250 people, but both Albemarle and Charlottesville passed ordinances lowering that to 50 in advance of the return of University of Virginia students in August. As the discussion got underway last night, Vice Mayor Cena McGill explained the situation. We've got these two ordinances, and if we keep having to change our ordinance to keep getting more restricted towards the state ordinance, that we're just going to end up having these emergency meetings coming up in order to have to change it. Interim City Attorney Lisa Robertson prepared an amended ordinance and suggested the city keep its own in case there is a time when the city wants to be more restrictive than the state. The um, local and state regulations are 
um, to work together uh, and whoever has a more restrictive provision that applies, that would, um, that would go into effect immediately as well. Councillor Lloyd Snook, an attorney by trade, asked Robertson about her interpretation of the midnight to 5 a.m. curfew. The governor has a provision in his, uh, in his order that talks about what amounts to a quasi-curfew. Uh, I, I don't interpret it as saying anybody is going to get arrested because it says individuals should remain at their place of residence. Is that the way you read it, that it's, it's just purely, come on, people, try to stay at home? The wording here is stronger than that, but as a practical matter, the enforcement is always an issue. It is strong language, but it's, um, um, I think it's tempered by the fact that everybody acknowledges that it is difficult to enforce. It struck me as being sort of oddly wishy-washy language. (laughs) I'm just curious (laughs) for another lawyer's perspective. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Council voted to continue with its own ordinance. Robertson said in an email this morning that the state limits are actually now in effect in Charlottesville as of midnight last night. I'll have more from the budget portion of the council meeting in a future newsletter. Charlottesville Police Chief Rochelle Brackney held a press conference yesterday in which she appeared to call for the resignation of the Board of Trustees for the Unitarian Universalist Church in Charlottesville. The controversy stems from an allegation from the church that one of its black parishioners was intimidated by Charlottesville police in an incident on October 7th. The Board of Trustees and the interim minister sent a letter on October 15th asking for an apology. He has faced discrimination for walking while black before, but this racial profiling and harassment must stop. The letter did not name the man, but Chief Brackney did use his name and claimed she has since received a letter from him saying he was not affiliated with those who sent the letter. Our internal affairs department, led by Lieutenant Michael Gore, launched an immediate investigation into the allegations upon receiving the complaint. Hi, we have a man who's been loitering on our property and trying to break into houses and break into our neighbors and he's on the property right now. What's your address? The caller indicated an individual believed to have been a suspect in a recent, recent rash of burglaries had been loitering on their private property most of the morning and had cut through the side of their home and across their private driveway and private sidewalks. Chief Brackney also released body camera footage that shows the interaction which shows police speaking with a hearing-impaired black man who was told by officers that he is not the suspect. Well, the person that they're talking about is cutting and using the sidewalk right in front of their house. Okay, right. So they don't want you on, you're on their property. When you walk on that sidewalk right in front of their house, okay, my thing is this, again, again, they're freaked out. People are getting there. Okay. And I'm not saying you're not. So if you're freaked out and they're freaked out and the common denominator is to not walk through there, then why don't we do that? Brackney said that video evidence showed that the subject of the letter had flagged down the police officer himself. Reverend Olson's fourth hand accounts, repeat, fourth hand accounts of the events are not remotely supported by the evidence. This statement is verified by radio transmissions, 
the officer's body-worn camera audios, and visuals. The evidence completely refutes Linda Olson Peebles' inflammatory and baseless allegations. Brackney said a social media campaign had led to calls for the officers to be fired. That prompted this response. The call to apologize or to be terminated for their actions should start with Reverend Dr. Linda Olson Peoples and their board members who all signed off on this. In a statement published afterward, Peebles responded. In a statement published soon after the press conference, Peebles responded. The letter sent from our board of trustees never asked for resignations. We just asked that the police not stop people of color for walking while black and said our concern was that they should feel safe to walk on the streets of our neighborhood. The statement went on to say that the church is disappointed in the press conference and the outcome of the investigation. It seems that the police department of Charlottesville has minimized our members' experience, our concerns, and our right to ask for the police to respond to us without malice. The next meeting of the Charlottesville Police Civilian Review Board is on December 17th, beginning at 6.30. And that's it for another installment of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newscast and Newsletter. If you have enjoyed this program, please do understand that this is made possible by about a fifth of the audience that is paying for me to do this each and every day. There are many ways to finance this, including purchasing a subscription through Substack, or you can donate to the Patreon on a monthly basis to fund basic research, send me a one-time payment through Venmo, or you can write me a check. If you can't pay, that's perfectly that's perfectly understandable, especially during this time. But what you could do is make sure that someone you know is aware of this program so I can continue to build the audience. I'm Sean Tubbs, the host. And I'll be back on Monday with another installment. In the meantime, be on the lookout for the Week Ahead newsletter, which I'll be publishing sometime on Sunday, which gives you a look into upcoming meetings. Thanks for listening. Stay safe out there and, uh, you know, take care of each other. Bye.